there, Pokemon trainers. There was a bit of a glitch in this episode's audio recording process. Luckily, the backup mic caught it, so it could still be preserved. But you may notice that the uh, level of quality is a little bit lower than usual. Hopefully it won't be too bad, and this is such a cute little episode, so it's gonna go in there as it is. Next time you hear from me, we should be back to normal. For now, let's get right into the episode. Pikachu! Pikachu, Pikachu, Hello out there, Peacappy Podcast. Welcome, welcome to the show, and today is kind of a, a different take. We're usually going through every single episode of the main series. From start to finish, we started with episode one, and now we're in the Hoenn region. But today we're taking a break to handle a Pokemon Chronicles episode. And it can be a little bit harder to do these in order and figure out where they fit in the timeline. I tend to play it safe and go by air date, but this one, as we'll, you'll see when we get into it, is kind of weird. I wasn't really sure how to classify it, and in fact, it is a two-for-one episode. Um, we're doing Of Meowth and Pokemon Parts 1 and 2, because it really made no sense to split them up, and they did air um, in Japan on the same day, and I think typically when one gets shown, the other follows, so... I decided not to make extra work for myself and just stop being ridiculous and record it as one episode. I don't think it'll screw with the conceit of the show too much. But before we get into breaking down that episode, a quick word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by PokePress. On YouTube and on their blog, pokepress.blogspot.com, they uh, uncover all sorts of new areas of the Pokemon fandom. And recently they put up an unboxing video for the 20th Pokemon movie score. So music aficionados or collectors, that's the video for you. And the promo image for that CD looks gorgeous, like the sunset, like, ah. Uh. This movie just promises to be a tribute to Pika shipping. And I am all about that, so I can't wait to see it. But if you want to check out that video or interviews with various winners of video game and TCG tournaments, etc., you should head on over to YouTube and visit PokePress, or like I said, their blog page, pokepress.blogspot.com. In addition to videos, you can also find written interviews with various uh, musicians and actors and directors and people from all over the Pokemon franchise. You can check them out right as soon as you're done listening to this episode, where I'll have all my links in my blog page, and I'll give you that contact info at the very end. And to get us one step closer to that end, let's get to the meat of the episode. Of Meowth and Pokemon Parts 1 and 2, 
for this episode, we have we have Ditch Dash, as we tend to do for the Pokemon Chronicles episode. Uh, we're in a big city. It looks kind of like Big Town, if you remember the short in the third Pokemon movie. Um, it looks kind of New York-ish. Um, so we might be back in Johto, but not necessarily. The Japanese version is calling it Millennium Town, and we don't really know what region we're in. It could be Hoenn, in which case... Wow, the Pichu brothers and their cohorts sure travel a lot, as much as Ash does, apparently. Or we, we could be back in Johto and Meowth just commutes. As we'll see later, we could also be in Kanto. But whatever the case, it seems Meowth keeps an apartment in the city, or he's renting out one, because um, he's on vacation from Team Rocket, and he's trying to make himself a more permanent presence here while he's on sabbatical. <laughs> Meowth wants to build a statue of himself in the middle of town. Before we get into that, I've been wondering how on earth Team Rocket manages to order, receive, and or assemble all their robots in the allotted time. Like, they've definitely got to be using the same shipping company as Wiley Coyote. But here, seeing all the contraptions Meowth has going to make coffee in the morning and basically not lift a finger, I'm guessing he's the brains behind most of their inventions. And it's just barely plausible enough that, like, I can buy this for a few more episodes. Like, yeah, Meowth can jerry-rig a robot out of, you know, random crap they find in the woods. Or design the robots or whatever. It's a cartoon. Like, it doesn't have to be that solid of logic. Um, but in the city, Meowth is looking over the populace and narrating about all these Pokémon are so nice, the losers. The Pichu brothers and all their friends, Magby, Smoochum, Azumarill, and the others are calling each other out to play and sharing food, um, though Magby accidentally knocks everything over and the nuts Azumarill gathered get run over by a truck. Meowth thinks that friendship and trust and all that is dumb, uh, but aside from losing the food, the Pokémon seem to be having a good time together. And I think Meowth has just got to get some friends. I mean, without Jesse and James around, he, he doesn't just talk to himself. He has conversations with himself involving cosplay. The two halves of this dialogue are dressed to the nines as one orders the other to make a picnic basket, and they may or may not be married. Like, like Meowth is a one Pokemon reenactment of an I Love Lucy episode, I think. But the work eventually gets done. Meowth reverts back to his main personality and takes the picnic basket into the city. He's out to survey the land for his desired statue, and he has to beat off Teddy Ursa, who's feeling bad about messing up the group snack earlier and feeling even more hungry, so its nose hones in on Meowth's picnic basket like it's Yogi Bear. Uh, Meowth successfully wards off Teddy Ursa, but not Smoochum who has a picnic basket of its own, and accidentally smacks into Meowth while off on its business. Both Smoochum and Meowth are pretty ticked at each other, but in the end, the commotion caused them to pick up each other's picnic baskets, the old switcheroo. And what Smoochum had in its basket wasn't food, so Meowth is somewhat ticked and goes tearing after the supposed thief. And Smoochum, like, doesn't realize what's happened, so it's just terrified to see Meowth charging up the back alley. It runs for its life. Smoochum eventually finds its friends, and yeah. Whatever we decide to call it, this has to be the same town in Johto from the special on Movie 3. 
Meowth took a flight back to Johto on vacation. Otherwise, not only did the Pichu brothers and all their friends pack up their lives to get to Hoenn, they also recreated the giant tire house. <laughs> I mean, it could be that they are a nomadic tribe that chooses not to live together, but ceremoniously builds identical clubhouses in every city and they congregate around that. But I doubt it. <laughs> There's only so much nerd jutsu I can do to make this work. And we haven't even gotten into the other half of the episode. Uh, well, of course, though, the Pokemon are on Smoochum's side. They're all its friends. So they all play keep away with the pilfered picnic basket. Um, but through it all, they look at Meowth real confused. Like, like, why is it so passionate about stealing Smoochum's picnic basket? Eventually, Wooper's water gun gets involved, which knocks uh, the basket over the fence. Um... The, the original one that was Meowth's, and Meowth drops the one he picked up, which is actually Smoochum's, to go chase it. And this is confusing for a bit, but eventually makes Smoochum and all the other Pokémon happy, because they discover that Smoochum's got its items back. All their toys are inside the picnic basket with them, so, you know, for them, they're back to ground zero. For Meowth, in efforts to recover his lunch, he ticks off a Houndour, probably that one, given given the clubhouse, and has to run for his life, while the picnic basket gets knocked out of the alley and over to a very hungry Teddy Ursa, who's staring longingly at the bakery window. So Teddy Ursa eats Meow's lunch, Meowth gets totally beaten up, and Smoochum and the others are horrified at the beating Meowth took, you know, if they're not completely sympathetic about the lunchbox. So it was a real bad day, and we'll cut to the next one to see if it goes any better. Meowth needs money to build his statue, so he takes a job as a delivery boy. But it's Meowth. He doesn't actually want to work, just receive the paycheck. So when he's saddled with five pizzas, he heads over to the clubhouse to see if he can't get some of those Pokemon chumps to do his work for him. He promises them a pizza if they help him all day. And Pichu Big is like, yeah, rallies the troops. They agree to this bargain. Meowth writes down the addresses on pieces of paper and asks the Pokemon to deliver a pizza each. So I guess we're going to find out real quick which Pokemon can read human. No problems on that front so far, surprisingly. I mean, I guess they were raised in a city. But there are other problems. Like the sudden appearance of the Squirtle Squad. Is this episode maybe set in the past? Before Ash? Perhaps we're not in Johto or Hoenn? Like the Squirtle Squad are being really devious and causing mischief. Like picking on Smoochum and soaking the pizzas. Um, and causes it to fly and crash near Wooper. Like, so they're not acting like themselves as we know them since, like, episode, what, eight? But more importantly, what are they even doing here? They live in Kanto, period. That's their home. Even if this was set in the past, it still makes no sense. Where are we? When are we? I don't understand. Perhaps I don't need to. The rest of the deliveries go much the same. Wooper soaked its pizza because a smoochum falling from the sky freaked it out. The Pichu brothers ran afoul of Houndour. Teddy Ursa got crushed by Snorlax, which hardly matters because it was going to eat it anyway. And Megby, uh, the fleeing Pichu bros smash into it and ruin the pizza. And Megby goes into a Hulk-like rage. So 
that chases off Houndour, but Meowth is running about zero for five on his little scam here. So he gets fired from the pizza place. But the dream is not over. He's gonna get that statue. He's gonna be the next Rockefeller. So the next day, Meowth gets a job as a janitor. Cleaning around the fountains in a park. Like, that's good, honest work. We'll see how long he can keep it that way. And Meowth, you know, actually had plans to do this himself. Good boy. But the Pokemon have been feeling bad for the past few days. Like, Meowth has been through some rough things. So they all show up with cloths and brooms and cleaning brushes, and they want to help Meowth. And since they insist, Meowth can't stop them, but he's off in the corner like, they couldn't screw up a cleaning job, could they? Could they? Oh. Well, it appears they can. The Pichu brothers try to clean a monument that looks kind of like a sun and a moon. Hmm. Only they shouldn't be climbing over it, because it's real and stable. Even their minuscule weight turns it into a seesaw. Meowth makes them get off it, but sure enough, the tethers holding the monument stable, they snap. Pichu accidentally shocks Teddy Ursa, and, and Wooper splashes Magby, who hulks out and uses Flamethrower, which seals the monument's fate. Not only does it crash into the ground, but like a row of dominoes, it takes out every pillar, statue, and fountain in the general area. One fountain shaped like a Gyarados smashes, and it's broken like a fire hydrant, like just pumping water up into the air. So as of this moment, Meowth has no monument built, but he's destroyed like 20. He gets fired again now that the garden rooftop is effectively flooded, and that's got to be interesting. Water's like just flowing down from the top of the skyscraper. So Meowth's a bit despondent. And the merry band of do-gooders wants to cheer him up. They bring him acorns. Meowth eats them, but the taste is awful. He kind of hates acorns. His palate runs a bit more sophisticated than that. But, you know, the Pichu brothers and their friends are trying so hard to help and cheer him up. So he puts on a brave face. And he realizes he doesn't have a huge statue of himself, but he has admirers. People who think he's important and bring him food. People who hang on his every word and want to make him happy. He's kind of an admired big shot already. So sometimes you gotta just enjoy the moment. And that ends the episode two episodes. Like I said, every time I've seen of Meowth and Pokemon, it's always packaged as one episode, even if technically it's airing as two separate ones. Because it's basically just a bunch of Pichu shorts that kind of form an arc. And as I outlined, it's a little weird. Like, we don't know where we are in the Pokemon world or when. There's a lot of things that don't make sense, like the Squirtle Squad. And for the Pikachu shorts, often I find a lot of that stuff with continuity doesn't have to make sense. Like, they legit don't care, I think. <laughs> even though they do make the effort to make sure that all of the Pokemon appearing are, like, the ones in Ash's party, usually. At least for the ones involving Pikachu. So, yeah, like, there's a lot of weird going on in this episode, although it's nice to see the Squirtle Squad again. I would say, if anything really important comes out of this, besides, you know, just the good, crazy, Looney Tunes-type fun for the kids, it is all based around Meowth and his character, and while it's played for comedic effect... It is kind of interesting because Meowth is so often like the moral anti-compass of Team Rocket. Like of all of them, I think he's the one with the least conscience. 
which is saying something when you're on the same team as Jesse. But he almost seems to have like sort of an A and B personality because sometimes Meow can be really thoughtful and poetic and even kind. And sometimes he acts as if he wants friends or as if he does appreciate, you know, values like loyalty and friendship and trust and things like that. And this is one of those episodes where he's kind of flopping back and forth between being a polite person to being someone who only cares about himself and is rude to someone who doesn't want friends and thinks it's stupid to someone who kind of grows to appreciate it and like fakes that he likes acorns so that the other Pokemon don't feel bad even though they kind of caused all his troubles. <laughs> Meowth is kind of a funny character in that way and because he is so polar opposite in his motivations and his feelings sometimes, but it's not done in a way that is like, they don't have a grip on this character, they don't know who this character is. Like, the character itself is not sure what he wants. And that goes back to so many episodes involving Meowth that are a bit more serious, like like the episode where we kind of learned his origin story, and it's like, Meowth is very proud of the fact that he's a Pokemon, but at the same time, he acts completely human. He had a whole episode in history where he was trying to be a human, and there are times in this series where he doesn't actually consider himself one of the Pokemon, he's something separate. So I think that duality in his nature is kind of reflected through several aspects of his character. And this is just one more, one more bit of evidence to that. So that is interesting. Kind of a break from our typical fare. We will return with the main narrative and Ash and his friends and Hoenn. I believe they're doing something with a Sharpedo, so tune in for that. For now, thank you so much for listening. You can find uh, Peak Happy Podcast on the internets at iTunes and Facebook and Twitter. You can find us at peakhappypodcast.blogspot.com or peakhappypodcast at gmail.com. Most of all, thank you for listening. Until next time, this has been Peak Happy Podcast. Gotta catch them all. <laughs>